for those of you who are here for the first time, we are in the middle of this series called Rhythms. Um, what we're doing is we're taking a look at um, things we should have in our life that allows us to establish rhythms. Um, one, have you ever heard the phrase, um, it needs more cowbell? We talked about this the first week. Have you ever heard that, it needs more cowbell? I believe this, there are times when there can be too much cowbell. And the time that there's too much cowbell is when all you have is cowbell. Am I right? Can I get an amen from the music teacher? Right? Like, if all you have is a cowbell, at some point you're just like, I'm going to punch you in the face. Stop that. Stop playing the cowbell. Right? So we don't want to take any one of these four things and make them the only thing. Because then it just turns into like, dude, incorporate some other stuff. And so the four things we've been talking about. Well, first we talked about we got to have a Savior. Right? you got to have somebody that establishes the beat of your life. you got to have somebody that says, this is the consistent rhythm and beat of your life. Follow this beat. And that's Jesus, right? We talked about silence and solitude. Nobody likes to be silent anymore. But how Jesus would draw, he would draw to lonely places and that silence and solitude is what helped him kind of he, get, know what he was called to do. We talked about serving last week. I mentioned last week. Anybody play drums in the house? Anybody? So we talked about drums last week. Um, snare drums, right? Snare drums are cool. Unless you hit them really hard and don't stop, right? It's like that cowbell. It's like sometimes when we serve Jesus, if that's all that we do, then we tell ourselves, well, it just doesn't feel like it's supposed to feel, so I'll just serve harder. I'll serve more. And we just start beating that snare drum. And you know if you hit that snare drum all the time, somebody's taking it from you, right? It's like just hit a cymbal every now and then. Just give me a drum roll. Something different, right? This morning, we're going to talk about Scripture, um, let me just read to you from Matthew 11, 28 through 30. This is, this is kind of our theme, our theme verse. And how many of you in the house have been serving in this space over, the, say, the last month? You've been serving, helping us get ready. Raise your hand. Okay. Um, now, I know I don't, and we can't call everybody out. We'll do that in September. But I just want to say specifically, can I do this? Just one, can I just call one person out? John Ball, dude. Seriously, come on. So, so y'all clap like you don't know what's going on, right? I'm going to say this real quick. A lot of us have visited the space to help get it ready. I think John's lived here for the last two, some odd, two years and some odd months. I mean, he, he has made sure that all this happened. Um, I just want to say thank you. So to all of you, who, and I know this past week, it's been like 11 o'clock. seems like every night going home. Can I get an amen, right? So I'm going to read this scripture. Those first three words, don't yell out yes when I say them. Because I know it's true, right? Are you tired? Yes. Right? We've been here working hard, getting ready for this. Are you tired? Worn out, burned out on religion. That's what Jesus is talking about. Have you gotten to a place in your life where it's like, I tried this Jesus thing. I'm just, I can't. It's not working. You burned out on religion. Come to me. Get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. It's that unforced rhythms, right? Unforced rhythms. Now, today we're talking about Scripture. Let me just be very clear. Today, I'm not going to try to preach you into being a Bible thumper. A lot of us don't like the Bible because we've been hit with it so much. 
right? Like people beat us up with the word of God. Like you do one thing wrong and somebody's coming at you with a verse. It's usually in King James. And that's why we don't like it. So today's not about trying to convince you to be a Bible thumper at all. It's just about us understanding how important the Bible is as part of the rhythms of our life, okay? So I'm going to break this down, make it super, super simple. I'm going to tell you the one reason that people don't use the Bible and probably the one reason why we should. Is that cool? That's all we'll do. You got that? One reason why people don't and one reason why we probably should. So um, let's talk about the four people that are in this room, four types of people. Some of you, don't raise your hand if I describe you, by the way. Some of you are here and you are absolutely 100% convinced that the Bible is the Word of God, and that when you spend time in the Word, God gives you direction in your life. He fills you with His presence. You receive power from it, and it absolutely guides your life. That's a good place to be. Some of you are in the room, and you know that the Bible is important. So, like, I know it's the Word of God, but you don't really treat it like you expect it to do what it says it would do. So you're kind of giving lip service to the Bible, Right? Some of you know that the Bible is important, but you have no idea why, right? True story. When I went to college, I had a girl ask me to a dance. I was just pausing to see what happened. I wasn't expecting the laughter, but thanks for humiliating me. <laughs> Thank you so much. So this girl asked me to a dance. I'm in college, y'all, in college. She asked me to a dance, and here's what I said. Oh, no, I don't dance. Now, if you've been coming to our church, you know that's a true statement, right? I don't dance. I mean, I don't stop, but I don't dance well. It's, it's really ugly. But I, I said, I don't dance. And she said, why don't you dance? I said, well, I don't, I don't listen to that kind of music, meaning like devil music. <laughs> and she said, we're off to a good start. We're just like, ah. So she said this, why don't you listen to that kind of music? And I said, oh, well, my youth pastor told me not to. And you know what she did? Laughed at me. Like, seriously, like, dude, you're in college. You can't make your own decisions. You, you don't listen to radio music because your youth pastor told you not to. Some of you, that's how you are with the Bible. Like, you're like, is the Bible important? Yes. Why? Uh, some preacher told me that it's important. And then there's a fourth group in here. This is my favorite group. You, don't even, you have no idea. I don't, even know if, I don't know if the Bible's important. I don't, know if, I don't even know if I like it. The Bible, eh, I don't know. So so those are your four groups, okay? So that's kind of where we're starting. Everybody except for that first group, everybody in this room, and the majority of us are in one of those other three groups. All of us have the same kind of question, hesitation about the Bible, and here's what it is. Does it even work? Does the Bible, you're going to talk to me for like the next 25 minutes about Scripture, Paul, and is it even going to work in my life? I have an answer for that. Typical response is that here's what you'll say. Hey, Paul, I would read the Word of God if you could prove to me 100% that it is the Word of God. Sound familiar? Hey, honey, you should read the Bible more. And your husband's like, well, if, it's, if you could prove to me right now, 100%, without a doubt, it's the Word of God, I'll read it. I'm just going to say you're a liar. We do stuff all the time in our lives contrary to 100%. I will eat a bowl of ice cream every night filled to the brim. I mean, you know, like where it's hitting the side and melts over the side and you have to lick it. Is this too much information for y'all? I will eat that every night. And I will put, if I have it, you're good to me because we don't always have it because you're making, you're watching out for me. But if we had it, 
And I would then go back for another bowl. I know this makes, I need to do cardio, right? This is not good fitness tips, right? But check this out. We know that if I ate two big bowls of ice cream every night, every night, y'all, that's 100% not good for me. Do you agree? I still do it. I even know this, and some of you are in here, you're fitness people. You know that there is 100% proof that if I ate healthy, it would benefit my body. I don't do it. Neither do you. That's why you'll say stuff all the time like, I shouldn't really be eating this. I'm going to pay for this later. This food doesn't even like me. Well, you seem to like it a lot, though. We, I'm just, all I'm trying to do is try to make the point that we do things all the time contrary to 100%. So if you're going to come in here and say, hey, pastor, prove to me 100% that the Bible is God's word, then I'll read it. I'm just saying, no, probably not. I mean, I'm cool proving it to you. It's not the message today, but that probably wouldn't be what gets you to actually read it. I believe that what you would really want to ask me is, show me that it works. And if it worked, I would consider using it, right? Because people do stuff all the time just because it works. Back to we're on this food kick right now, right? Stay up late at night and watch infomercials. And they're always about diet products. Isn't that crazy? Call now and we'll send you a belt that you can wear around your waist and it will shock you. Literally shock you. But it's okay. You can eat anything you want. Turn the channel. Call now. And we'll send you this awesome plastic thing that looks like this on the floor, and you can rock back and forth on it. And if you'll do that for 30 seconds a day, you can eat anything you want, and you'll never gain weight. Why do people buy that? They know it's not going to like. I don't think, but just they're hoping this might be what works. That's really all we're after. I, I might try the word if it works. Let me give you an example. Hebrews 4.12. We got that. We'll stick it up there. Hebrews 4.12. Here's what it says. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's a long verse. Let's just look at that first sentence. For the word of God is what? Alive and? Now, here's the deal. A lot of us in the room, here's what we're thinking. It doesn't feel alive and powerful to me. The one reason people don't read the Bible, everybody say one. One reason is because they're like, I don't think it works. It says that it's alive and powerful, but when I read it, I can't stay awake. Are you with me? You, got, you get what I'm saying? I, got, I mean, we've got to do all this foundational work just so I can convince you to incorporate Scripture as a rhythm in your life. Okay, you see where I'm going? We're just kind of laying this little foundation. That's why we don't read the Bible. Because we read verses like that, and it's not about being church people, right? Because this room's got church people in it, and this room's got people that are like, I don't even know why I'm here. All of us had the same response to the Bible. It says that it's alive and powerful, and this is just one verse, but I don't see it. Um, how about you're in this room right now, and you're like, you're sick, right? And you're like, I really want to be healed, right? And the struggle that we have is, well, like, there's verses that say that if I pray, I'll get healed, but I'm still sick. And so it's not like... Is this really God's word? All we're asking is like, why doesn't it work? It's all about that. The one reason people don't read Scripture is because they're not sure that it works. 
So I don't want to make this, um, this is a big word, a pragmatic message. Does anybody know what that means? Because I don't. I'm asking. I'm kidding. I know what it means. Pragmatic means it works, right? It's like practical. It works. I don't want to just make it about, well, hey, try and see if it works and try it, whatever. But I'm just, I want to convince you that there is a place where the Bible comes alive, okay? So the one reason that people don't read the Bible is because they don't think it works. All right, good. Here's the one reason why we should. Um, I'm going to read, I'll give you a bunch of verses. If you're taking notes, you can jot these down. There are tons of benefits to building Scripture into our rhythms, okay? Um, it helps us know God's will. It contains power. It gives us nourishment in our soul. It, it's full of God's promises. These are all good reasons. I feel like I'm doing an infomercial now, right? But wait, there's more, right? All those are good. But we all know that stuff, right? So what we want to know is how do we make Scripture work in our lives? Let me just show you one scripture. Can we just throw that up there? Psalm 119.11. This is our one scripture. I'm going to read it now, and then we're going to come back to it, okay? Because there's, there's an atomic bomb in this verse. I have hidden your word in my heart. This is um, the psalmist writing about, about God's word. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, okay? Psalm 119.11. That's our key verse today. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We're going to leave that there. I'm going to give you a couple verses about Jesus, and then we're going to come back to that verse. Okay, everybody say boom. That was awful, y'all. I mean, I'm up here working hard, right? I'm preaching, I'm preaching hard. Everybody say boom. boom. That's in that verse. We'll come back to it. Here we go. Just, just Jesus. I'm going to read these quick. They're not going to be on the screen. I want to make sure that you get them down. John 12, 49. These are things that Jesus said because he regularly spent time with the Father in order to hear his word. Listen, John 12, 49, I don't speak on my own authority, Jesus says. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. John 8, 26, I have much to say about you and, and much to judge, but the one who sent me is truthful. And what I have heard from him, I tell the world. John 8, 28, so Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own. Listen to this, but speak exactly what the Father has taught me. You seeing a little pattern here? John 14, 10. Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own. Instead, it is the Father dwelling in me, performing his works. John 14, 24. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Listen to the sentence. He said this. The word that you hear is not my own, but it is from the Father who sent me. Listen, here's the reason why the Bible sometimes doesn't work for us. Because we include the Bible in our lives accidentally, not intentionally. Yeah, you're like, what? This is why, and when you're going through a rough spot, you pick up your Bible, go to the concordance, that's in the back of the Bible where it's got like a list of words. You can see the word and see what verses the word is in. Or you go to Google, also a really good concordance. And you're like, what does the Bible say about where I am? And then we take like a verse. That's mine. I'm claiming that for me. We don't, of course, live any of the rest of Scripture. We just claim that one verse. What I want you to see in Jesus' life is he lived out this truth. We're going to get to it in a minute. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Not I have Googled a verse to hold on to in a tough time. 
And you're like, well, Jesus didn't have Google. But you know what I'm saying, right? We, we accidentally include the scriptures. We've got, and this is good. I use user, user version all the time. I highly advocate it. We've got reading plans. We've got verse of the day. We've got devotions that, like, their whole pitch is, it takes less than five minutes. We've got all this stuff today. And so here's what's happened. Over time, as a church, we've reduced the soundtrack of scripture to sound bites. And that's why scripture doesn't work for us. Sound bites aren't bad. Um, anybody been to the beach yet this summer? You know, like when you go to the beach and you get really, really hot. Does anybody run on the beach? I mean, like intentionally run. I don't mean run because somebody's chasing you, right? Like you go. For, I'm going to go for a run on the beach. A lot of people start running on the beach. I've noticed that, and then they're like, ten steps in, like, why did I even try that? It's stupid. But if you ever, like, go on the beach and you play all day long, you know how you get super hot? You're just like, God, that water looks so good. Doesn't it? The ocean just looks amazing. And everything you ever saw on Shark Week disappears in your brain. Doesn't it? You're like, I know that there are sharks in that water, but I'm so hot. I told one of y'all the time, like, you ever play the game If I Could Be God for a Day? Do you do that in your head ever? No? Man, I'm, I'm freaking y'all out. So, Confession, right? And I know you're like, get back to it. I'm going to get back to it. So if I could be God for the day, here's what I would do. I would wait till the ocean was packed with hot swimmers. I mean hot, like temperature hot, not like guys going, ooh, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Y'all, it, it, just, it just came out. Like Wendy just went like, oh, my, what's going on, right? But I would wait until the ocean was packed and, and, and I would snap my fingers, and when I snap my fingers, the water would be completely transparent. And everybody in the ocean would look down and see everything that's, like, within 10 feet of them. Oh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Like, but get out of the water now. I mean, I know, like, there's stuff in the water, but when I'm so hot, I just look at the ocean. I'm like, all I want to do is be in that. Now think about this. Sound bites of Scripture versus the soundtrack of Scripture. Okay? Watch me. Sound bites of Scripture, that's like being super, super hot on the beach, looking at the water, and you run down and bend over and just splash that water up on your face, and then you go back. That's what sound bites of Scripture are like. Scripture's not bad. It's a good thing, and the sound bites better than nothing. But why would you stop there when you could just plunge into the ocean? Like, we were at the, remember that when I did the whole Baywatch thing? Wasn't that great? Yeah, you're like, did you have to bring that up? Yes, I'm going to go there. But I didn't, like, do the Baywatch thing. I just, like, took off running into the, into the water, and then I just intentionally, like, three feet in, just face-planted into the waves, right? And it was amazing. We didn't get on video. Why did we not video that? I don't know. That's what God wants you to do with the word. Like, I have hidden your word in my I've not splashed a few drops on my soul. I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. My goal today is not that you go out and try the Bible like a verse of the day. I mean, that's cool and all, but I don't want you to splash the water. I want you going in the ocean. That's what that verse is all about. That's what Jesus did. What I just read to you, it was just like one, two, three, four, five verses, just five verses in one book of the Bible. Jesus had a regular pattern. It was a rhythm of his life to fill his life with the word of the Father. What I've heard him say, now I'm going to tell you. 
He was full of God's word. Don't splash it. So this verse, let's unpack it for a second. Okay, so I'm reading this verse. I'm thinking about this message, and I just got stuck on have hidden, hidden. And when I get stuck on words, I just, I just geek out on the Bible, right? So I start looking up Hebrew words because I can't speak Hebrew, right? All I know about Hebrew is, like, if you just, like, spit when you talk, it sounds like you're doing Hebrew. But I don't even know. I have no idea. But I know the Hebrew word for hidden because so I looked it up. Here's what it means. The Hebrew word for the phrase have hidden. Y'all are not ready for this. You should have your pens out getting ready to write this down, okay? Have hidden in the Hebrew means have hidden. I was so disappointed. I was like, this was going to be my close of the message, right? I'm going to kill this message, and it's going to be the, the Hebrew word is going to mean something phenomenal. And I was like, really? Have hit? Like, God, seriously? Oh, but then I am going to do an infomercial. But that's not all. I kept reading. Check this out. It also means to lie hidden. I can see it. I'm not leaning because my eyes are bad. I know you, I could feel your angst. I'm just, I'm just dramatic. Lurk. And that's a weird word, isn't it? That's a weird word to say. Like that lurk is one of those words that if you say it, it sounds weird. And the more you say it, the more it sounds weird. And then when you spell it out, you're like, that can't be how it is. And then you keep, it, it's just one of those words. But it's that, the Hebrew word for have hidden means lurk. I know some of y'all. Some of y'all are, you're the people that hide places and scare people when they walk past. Uh-huh. And you video it. Y- I know y'all. That's what that means. To it, The word of God, I have hidden it. I have laid it down. It's lurking in me. For what? Boo. No. Like a, like a bomb ready to go off when the enemy attacks. Remember we said boom? Have hidden means boom. I'm lurking. The word of God is lurking in my heart. I've hidden my, your word in my heart and boom, I will not sin against you. Because when I need it, it's going to explode. Now listen, here's the thing. So that only works if you pack it in, pack it in, pack it in. Not if you take a sound bite every now and then. A little bit more. I I told you I got nerdy with this. Check this out. So the verb for that hidden is the perfect tense. Everybody say what? I didn't know either, so I checked it out. The perfect tense, it means something that's already happened. So I've already hidden the word in my heart. And that kind of blew my message, too, because I was like, there is a tense that means you keep doing it. And I was like, surely we're supposed to keep reading the Bible, God. I'm going to tell a whole church to read the Bible one time, and that's it. So I kept reading. I don't know what you do. When I don't get the answer I'm looking for, I just keep reading, right? So I kept reading. Here's what it says. Check this out. This is really powerful. I'm gonna, hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll say it in a way that you get. The perfect tense is often used in the case of general truths of actions of frequent occurrence. Did you get that? That means it's a general truth that happens a lot, Okay. Truths or actions which have been often experienced or observed. So let me just summarize. Actions of frequent occurrence, 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 which have often been experienced. See, Jesus knew that. 
Jesus knew. Remember we did um, Silence and Solitude? I know that all of you weren't here for that. We talked about how Jesus often withdrew to places. The reason he hung out with God so much is because he knew the more I hang out with my Father, the more I hear the Father's word, and the more it gets hidden in my heart. And it just lies there like a bomb waiting to go off. I have hidden your word in my heart. I have packed it in. I have loaded the gun in me. It is deep, and sin will not affect me. The reason that people think the Bible doesn't work is because we pick it up and we're in trouble to find one verse. Again, reducing it from a sound, the soundtrack to a sound bite doesn't work. So let me, let me summarize it this way. This is our big idea. Guys, ladies, here's what the big idea means, okay? You're going to love this. The big, well, you're going to love it and hate it. Let me explain it to you. The big idea means this. You're not going to remember everything I said, but I hope you remember that. And now what you're thinking is, why didn't you just say that and we go home, right? Because that's just not what preachers do. Anyway, the more truth we put in, the less lies can get in. The more truth we put in us, the less lies can get in us. See what I'm talking about? I have hidden your word in my heart. I have so filled myself up with the word of God and the truth. I've put it in me that lies cannot get in. Now, at this point, I need you to breathe. Take a deep breath. Because I gave you a lot to process, didn't I? That's a ton to process. Um, you're, you're thinking, like, it's the first day, and I'm trying to remember, like, where the bathrooms are. And now you're telling me Hebrew stuff and some story about the beach and Baywatch and into the ocean. I'm so lost right now. I don't even know what you're saying. So I, I've got an illustration. Can we do this? I've just got something really simple that will help us um, hopefully really grab a hold of, of what I just told you for the last 25 minutes. A little water for me. A little more water for me. Hey, great job. Fantastic. Perfect. Good deal. Thanks so much. Awesome. Didn't they do a great job? Yeah. Okay, so check this out. We hope this works, right? First time ever trying this. First time ever. So this beautiful vase this is like your heart. This is like your life. And I know what you're thinking. My life is full of ping pong balls? Eh, that's just for the illustration, right? So this is like our life. And these ping pong balls, and this is all the stuff we can't get over. Right, so I'm going to say some things, okay? I'm not saying it to make you feel bad. I'm just going to be real. Um, bad habits. Let's just shopping too much. Somewhere down here is pornography because we bury that one, right? Um, uh, probably way down here is your temper. Sorry, I went there. <laughs> push-ups help with that. But what I'm fixing to show you works better than push-ups, although they did not hear me say that. And don't you tell them that I said that you shouldn't do push-ups, right? Because push-ups are good. Push-ups are the bomb, Right? But this is the bomb, okay? The, anyway, sorry, y'all. <laughs> anyway, so here's what we do. Check this out. So we hear a message like this, and we think to ourselves, you know, he's right. I need a little bit more of the Bible in my life. So we start to fill ourselves up with 
little bit of the Bible. And stuff starts to move. So we get a little bit more. Maybe we try church for another week. Stop. And this is what a lot of our lives look like. Down here, worship was awesome. I mean, I felt the spirit move. You started singing, I see heaven in this place, and it was like, O-M goodness, right? Oh, but then some of y'all are going to go and not even tip your server at lunch. I'm just going to be real with you. I'm going to read the, oh, oh, man, God is so good to me. Like he is, oh, he, I felt the spirit move. Yelling at your kids at home. I felt, I felt God, he's calling me to the mission field. I know it. He's calling me to the mission field. Can't talk to your neighbor. And here's what I want you to see. From way in the back, y'all, in, in the nosebleed section, right? From way back there. I'm not saying that this is not real because this is real. But from way back there, all they can see is the junk in our lives. And it's because we've just made a sound bite out of Scripture. Jesus didn't say, I tried it a few times, but I just keep sinning all the time. He said, I have, I have hidden I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have filled my life full, full of your word that I might not sin against you. But wait, there's more. And this is the best part. This is the best part. Check this out. So all of it goes out and we're full, but you know what? You know what happens, right? And um, we're the kids that went to youth camp. Teenagers went to youth camp. Man, I was praying for you because I remember going to youth camp and they would always tell us this what God did in youth camp in a week, it takes the devil five minutes in the van on the ride home to, to ruin. You know that when God starts to move in your life, the enemy's coming. Y'all know that, right? But check this out. The more truth I put in, the less lies can get in. They can't even get down in there. They just stay at the top, and you're just like, that's just a lie. That's just a lie. Because we can deal with it when it's floating on the surface. It's hard down here. I have hidden your word in my heart. I have made Scripture a rhythm in my life. I don't just pick it up to take it to church so it looks like I'm reading it. I had a guy one time. I got to close. I, I'm just, I love this. I had a guy, and he got a brand new Bible. And he was in, we were in youth group together. This was like years ago before electricity, right? So like we were in youth group together, and he got a brand new Bible. And he was so proud of that Bible. And he brought it one time. And it was like, you know, um, the fake leather King James Bibles? Um, he had, it was that. And like, you know how it has gold around the edges of the paper? Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen those? 
And so he brought, he was like super proud. He had like for three weeks in a row. He's like, I just love my Bible. And somebody, somebody in the youth group said something like, well, I guess you don't ever read it. And he was like, how do you know that? Well, the goal is just still beautiful. No lie, y'all. He came back the next week. And it had, like, lines up straight up and down in the, because he just went home and thumbed the pages until it, like, rubbed off that gold stuff. <laughs> He's like, I'm reading it now. Read it. Read Scripture, man. Incorporate it in your life. Make it part of your rhythm. Walk out of here and be committed to more than just a verse of the day. Verses of the day are great, and God uses them to speak to my life, but I want more. I want, I want to dive into the ocean. I don't want to splash it up on my face. And here's how it matters to us today. Boil it all down. Does the Bible work? Absolutely. But here's how the Bible works. The Bible is just the vehicle that gets us in relationship with a good, good father. Just like Jesus slipped away and said, I listen to my dad and then I tell you what he said. What God wants is for us just to be here. He wants to talk to us, and he does it through Scripture. And then we step out and we live differently. You close your eyes and bow your head for just a moment. We're going to close this morning out singing that chorus again. You're a good, good father. But I want to give you the opportunity this morning to maybe, maybe commit yourself to the love of the Father for the first time or maybe rededicate yourself to the love of the Father for the first time in a long time. Maybe as we were talking through this illustration, you were like, man, he's nailing my life right now. I'm just like half full of God and half full of orange ping pong balls and, and I don't want to live that way and I want to repent of some things that are in my life and I want to give you the opportunity to do that this morning. So you're here and if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to encourage you at the end of this service, in front of you, there's a connection card. And I want to just take that connection card, put your name on it, and just check the box that says, today I chose to follow Jesus, or today I rededicated my life to Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've got maybe, you know, these orange ping pong balls, I might not have said what yours were, but you recognize, holy cow, I got some orange ping pong balls in my life, and I want to repent of those this morning. You don't have to take the mic and tell us what they are, but if you're here and that's you, would you just raise your hand so we can pray for you this morning, that God would just begin to fill you. Thank you all over the room. Thank you so much. And I'm going to pray, and then when I say amen, we're going to sing this last song, and we're just going to, we're going to end this morning just worshiping a good father. Lord, I just pray right now in your name, Jesus, that you would convince us, God, of how good you are to us. And so how, because of how good you are to us, that means your word is so good for us. I pray that you would give us, God, a passion to dig into your word, that we would have the same conviction that the psalmist had and that Jesus had. I have hidden your word in my heart so that, boom, like a bomb, it can go off when the enemy comes at me. I will not sin against you. Fill us, Lord, I pray with a hunger for Scripture like we've never had before. 